0: Welcome to episode 563 of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, June 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's up, dude?
1: Dude, I'm sick, and it's not good.
0: It's not good, man. Listen, being sick is never good. Let's let's obviously just be honest about that. But for me, I think being sick in the summer's worse.
1: It's because, totally bad.
0: You know, a, a kind of a common cold, flu, whatever sort of deal like that kind of common sickness, which seems to be what you have. Coughing and whatnot, you get hot, and so then the weather's already hot. And you're like, are you kidding me? You know, obviously, you know, I can't stand cold weather, but when I'm sick, and maybe I run out to the store to get a few things or whatever, the the the, the cool air actually feels good. Because if you're running a fever, I, I find being sick in the summer just an extra level of brutal. And so I'm sorry you're not feeling well, man, but uh, appreciate you uh, still still coming to the post, man, and 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 being ready for the pod today.
1: Yeah, I, I'm like the anti-you when it comes to that, you know, kind of weather stuff. You know, you're you're tall and skinny. I'm I'm a teapot. I'm short and stout. Um, and I I do not like warm weather. And it uh, hit I think 95 here yesterday. Uh, and you know, for those who don't know what I look like, you know, I'm a I'm a shorter, stockier guy. I mean, I'm not You're sure. Prince short,
0: but... other, I'm more Chris Sale.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but I also have a huge beard, which doesn't do well in the summertime. Yes. And so then being sick on top of it. Um, and I, I learned uh, right before we started recording that uh, Robitussin and nicotine lozenges do not mix well so like this is
0: (laughs) that's making my stomach
1: (laughs) if i sound weird or if you hear like chomping or something like that i'll try to make sure i get all the background noise and stuff out of it but it's because i'm sick and i've got a a cough drop in so i don't cough through the podcast
0: you're not going strasburg on us though you're not hitting the dl the second that something goes a little bit sideways you know i gave you the option i said listen you need the week off. I got you. I got a solo episode ready to go. That'll drop tomorrow, by the way. Call Your Shot, episode three. You can still tweet, by the way. Check out my pinned tweet. Hit me with your unpopular opinion, uh, hot take, or tough question, whatever you got. Definitely a ripoff of Anthony Fantano. Uh, and you said, you know what? I'll be there Thursday morning. Let's do it. And not only that, but for those that remember kind of what we're doing today, you had to get your top 50 starting pitchers ready. And so, on top of being sick and you know coming to the post on on a on a tough day, you also had to get those ready. So you did get those ready, and that's going to be the main focus here. Um, not a ton in the news that that I think we really need to get to that hasn't probably been covered to death. I know you and Jason talked about Otani. That's still just a wait and see anyway. We don't really have any further clarity. I think the best thing that Otani folks could latch on to would be the, the one report where they were cautiously optimistic that he was going to play again this year, whatever. Um, of course, Miggy gets hurt. You had a, you know, you had a good point about like, listen, you can, you know, be bummed that you lost a, a key player. Uh, he was giving you a good batting average. Uh, Miggy was, but this was in the range of outcomes, not, not ripping his bicep up on a swing, but being hurt for a long period of time. It, it it was definitely something that's in the cards, uh, for a 35 year old, and and now it's going to be a 38 game season because he's done for the year. It's a real bummer. I guess I'll ask, uh, what do you what do you think of of the future now? What what's what's the rest of this Miggy career look like?
1: Oh, I hate to say it, but I think this is it. I think he's oh, always you shut your mouth. Like I, I think he is always going to be a high average guy. Um, I think the hit tool, um. You know, it made you great a little bit over time, but it, it hasn't really. Even with his injuries, he's always. You know, he's for the most part has been a pretty high average guy. I yep. think we're gonna lack power. I got,
0: um, I got the name. I got the name already. Okay. He's right-handed, Joe Maurer.
1: Oh God, like that, that like hurts.
0: I mean, you say he's not gonna have power. I can't really disagree. I, when you said done, I thought you were saying he's gonna hang it up because I, I would disagree. Oh that. no, no. I, I'm saying like this field.
1: is who he is now. Um, yeah, and. Um, he's. I feel like he's always going to cost more than he's probably worth. Name value. Uh, he might. <sighs> it's hard because like, yeah, we see Hanley will. and like we see Hanley and like we, Hanley's put up these stretches where you're like, oh my god, that's him. Yep. Like he gets healthy. You There's know, excitement maybe, for him
0: this year coming into this year for Hanley.
1: Maybe this. Is, well, and like he he was fantastic to start the year too. So like, yep. um, like maybe this is. You know, in, in a weird way, is like the best possible thing for for a guy like Miggy because he's now going to get the next six months to make sure the back is, you know, healthy. He can, you know, really uh, get into better shape in the off season. You know, this surgery shouldn't be a big issue in terms of long term uh, damage or anything. Um, and maybe he could come back and be, uh, you know, a, a very productive player and get back to hitting twenty-five, thirty home runs with a three-hundred average. Um, I just feel like, at least for the next season or two, he's going to cost more than I'm probably going to be willing to spend.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and obviously,
1: I hope I'm wrong. I I hope he returns to first round, Miggy like that. Like I, the game is better when Miggy is good. Because he is is a super likable guy, um, and he's just – he's so much fun to watch when he's healthy and good. But at this point, I I have a hard time believing we're going to see that.
0: Which is unfortunate. So Mickey out with the biceps. Um, I will say that uh, on kind of the fantasy side uh, with John Hicks getting extra playing time and him having catcher eligibility, definitely someone I like. And was already kind of picking up as a C two, and now I think maybe twelve teamers could consider John Hicks for C one. Catchers that bad? Like if you if you if you're one of the folks that has been dealing with this wasteland of catcher, like you didn't get a good one and you've just been cycling through, and you're like, oh, I'll try Luke Roy. You know, you you, you were trying guys like that, and you've just been looking to find somebody. John Hicks. I think is somebody you could you could install into the lineup. He's just a solid He's hitter. Already
1: He's, a top twelve catcher this year.
0: I'm not even surprised. And he he was a solid hitter last year. He's about twenty points higher on his OPS or, or just under seven sixty six last year, seven eighty three this year. A Little bit of punch, little bit uh, some good average. So yeah, I like John Hicks. That's the that's the fantasy cascade effect that I like Do from you think that. They move.
1: could be a. A team that goes out into the market and looks at someone like Hanley, I mean Hanley's just sitting out there. Somebody I, had
0: mentioned that I I kind of like that because he doesn't you know even if he comes and and Hanleys it up in in a positive way it, it doesn't change the Tigers' fate to where they're going to win too many games because you listen as a Tigers fan I'm not going to say I'm glad he got that I maybe mean, he got hurt but it certainly uh, aids their chances toward getting a top five pick, which is exciting as it's been to watch this, this, uh, a lot of close games, a lot of nice comeback wins, a lot of tight, uh, you know, one, two run games, whether they're winning them or losing them. I don't want this team to mess around and win 75 games. That is not good for the rebuild, like settle down. And I'm not saying they need to go lose, you know, uh, do the 50 and whatever, uh, that we saw f- out of, the The Astros, when they were rebuilding, because that's just completely unwatchable. So I think they're kind of found their middle ground. They've had a good two and a half months of ball where they're five games under, playing a lot of competitive ball. Now let's see things kind of peel back where that bullpen gets really exposed. Maybe they start moving some pieces, and then we can kind of fade into the uh, into the distance there with the top five pick because I, I I think this rebuild is obviously still in the early stages. There's no reason to think, well, hey, if they win 75 this year, they build on that for next year. No, no, they are not close. So selfishly, if I, I'm trying to find a silver lining in, in the Tigers' best player being out for the year, that's what I found. And Hanley, I I don't think, greatly alters that. So why not throw a fun guy, you know, a a fun veteran at the minimum on the team? I don't think that's a bad idea.
1: Sure. I mean, he can recoup some value and maybe you can, you know, he's worth, I mean, he costs nothing. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. League minimum. Boston
0: pays for everything.
1: Yeah. So pick him up. Maybe he can go on another hot streak and you can trade him at the deadline. You know. The only
0: downside to that would be the John Hicks thing, because then he would then again lose the some of that playing time and go back to kind of the yeah, part time. He's
1: like at. a twenty nine year old. You know, I'm just talking for
0: catcher, man. Uh, oh, like, well, for fantasy, just, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. No, for fantasy, I'm not worried about well, his. Even part
1: time though, like he's been like a top twelve catcher. So like, if he's still available in your league, and I don't know how available see. he is, he, he's he's only eight percent owned in ESPN links. I mean. He should be owned in any two catcher format, and really any one catcher format.
0: He should be on a team in a lot of one catcher formats, but not necessarily yours. That's one of those where. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with that. So, anyway, listen, let's not get too deep into the the Tigers. They're not a huge team. Just want to mention Miggy a little bit. And one other one I'll throw on you here. Juan Soto, two more homers yesterday. This guy is an absolute monster. Uh, there were folks that were were definitely beating the drum on on the Juan Soto situation when he came up right away, saying, "Listen, this guy's 19. You might not be super familiar with him, but he can go off, and he's going off." What do you expect the rest of the year at this point? Let me give you his numbers first: five homers, three forty-four, four forty-seven, six forty-one. Amazing triple slash. More walks than strikeouts, twelve to one, or excuse me, twelve to eleven, um, which is incredible. Nineteen-year-old just. Tearing up the league at what pace can he continue the rest of the year for Juan Soto?
1: I mean, I don't think he can do this, but better
0: I, you're saying better yeah, yeah.
1: I mean like he, <laughs> like he should be hitting 500 or seven hundred at this point like I just uh ah. soon
0: it's coming it's yeah. you have to wait for but it's it's definitely coming
1: I mean he is much more advanced than I thought he would be.
0: oh for sure. Um, I mean he skipped triple A.
1: Yeah, well, and not only he skipped AAA, he like he wasn't even. Double a. Yeah, he was only AA for eight games. So, that, um, like, that, it's, it's crazy
0: that he's done this.
1: And I mean, and he's got a sixteen percent walk rate at this point. It's um, and, and that to me is the impressive part because like the first game he came up, he like swung at everything, and then like he by the next game he was already taking pitches. Yep. And, you know, had already like like calmed down, readjusted his approach to what he's done in the minor leagues, which is, you know, take lots of pitches and work counts and and take walks. Um,
0: Work work the whole field, by the Mm -hmm. way. He he can go up the middle. He can go oppo. Three of his home runs
1: are opposite fields off of lefties.
0: Unbelievable, man. And he is a lefty, obviously, for those that don't understand why that's being brought up. And 19 year old going lefty, lefty. More walks than strikeouts. He is a monster. Is he a top 25 outfielder the rest of the way?
1: No. Oh, You know what? Yes, I think he is. And the only reason I know this is because uh, I was having a discussion in uh, the Friends of Fantasy Benefits staff chat. We were just talking about like so many outfielders being dis- a little bit disappointing with their numbers this year. Mm-hmm. And right now, I believe, according to the ESPN Player Raider, uh, no more Mazzara as the 25th outfielder. And as much as I like Mazzara and Mazzara has made some improvements, Soto's upside is so much greater with the average and even the ability to steal some bases. Uh, I, I think he is.
0: I, I think he's he's right there. Yeah, if, I think if it's, it's close. not 25, it's, I mean, it's right there, 30. I mean, the fact that we're saying that this 19-year-old can be a top 30 outfielder the rest of the way, you know, take out what he's banked we're talking from this point forward and it's very legitimate Here, here's all you need to know right Th- this is what always uh gets me because i'm not a uh super projections guy where i don't always rely on i look at them i respect them and i obviously respect the work that goes into them but i don't let them just kind of blindly guide me i i, I pay attention to them but when you see that they're hyped on somebody like juan soto uh a no, uh, uh, systems that are notoriously conservative by design and smartly by the way. I'm I'm not saying that as a burn. And they are, they both have steamer has a 125 WRC plus with a 295 average for uh one soto. The bat has them at a 116 277. Even that would be perfectly nobody would have any qualms with getting a 277 average and, and a 116 WRC plus with about 10. But both um, all the systems have about 10 homers, but that's only in 60-something games too. They kind of they might need to add because what there's what? Um, over 100 games left or just under 100 games? Have teams eclipsed 60 yet?
1: I think they have.
0: Okay, but either way, I think he's going to play more than – if they have 85 remaining, yeah, have. I think he's going to play more than 60 of them. So, the
1: Nationals are, 30, are 37 and 28, so they've got okay. 65 games in the bank.
0: Okay, so there you go. So just under a hundred. I don't think he's going to play all of them, Juan Soto, but I think that they need to probably add fifteen to twenty more games. So you can then you're looking at twelve to thirteen homers, four to five steals, the and then of course the rate stats stay the same. Bottom line is Juan Soto is an absolute beast. The other bottom line is uh, I'm cutting Kyle Schwarber in my ten teamer because I started that idiot over. Juan Soto yesterday, and I'm very angry. And you know what? It's not even really Schwarber's fault, but I'm taking it out on him. Yeah. Because I've I've had a tough time with those two.
1: I've been very critical of uh, Kyle Schwarber uh, coming into the year and even during this year. Um, And as much as I don't, I mean, outside of OBP leagues, obviously gets a huge boost. Um, Like, I don't think I'm necessarily wrong. The one thing I will say that I have been wrong on is dude got in shape. Oh, dude.
0: And – you were you were in my stream last night. You see, I play MLB the show. I should have showed you what they did for him. They they increased his defense and speed. They 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 acknowledged that uh, that Schwarber's out there, not completely falling over himself now, and he's super svelte. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and he's he stayed in shape. This wasn't he's, just some. He's still not wash. a
1: good defender.
0: No, but he's not a uh, an yeah. embarrassment to himself either.
1: Yeah. And that arm is actually super impressive.
0: Exactly. Times. So he's he's got some skills out there, but uh, they
1: did they did bench him for two pitchers yesterday though, they, which was they, funny. And,
0: and the thing of it is, I, I've had and it's a ten teamer, right? So it's 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 only three outfielders and a utility, and it's been tough to make the decisions. And it's like between Schwarber and Soto, and I'm like, okay, well they're facing a righty, Schwarber can go yard, and I just need to leave Soto in. And I didn't think I would be starting a 19 year old over, you know, a, a fairly solid Kyle Schwarber. I take him out anytime they face a lefty, but. And Meadows, another one who's been making my life hard because fam's garbage lately. And I'm like, should I be starting Soto and Meadows over fam and Schwarber and just kind of riding it until something changes? Yeah. That's kind of crazy, right? I,
1: I mean, I don't, I'd have a hard time benching fam.
0: I know cuz I'm afraid that he'll have a Soto game on my bench and that will really get me. Like the Soto thing. Well,
1: especially cuz it won't be a Soto game. What it'll be is like two stolen bases and a home run. Yes. Um it it'll, it'll be it, it'll be like a super size combo meal. I don't even know what that is from the old 06010. Um, I think they
0: would say super it if there was an extra homer
1: or okay. or stolen base. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's how I, I break. So yeah, I mean, I don't think you can bench Fam, but like, yeah, I'd be playing Soto over over Schwarber for sure, or Meadows over Shorber for sure.
0: Yeah, that's that that's where I'm at now. But uh, anyway, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander will will lead me to a win this week. Hopefully, Mike Soroka, real nice there. Anyway, enough about your team sport. Let's talk some starting pitchers. Let's do it. You were uh very kind to to put your top 50 together and what was the first thing you said about it after you did it
1: uh this is much more difficult than i thought it would be
0: (laughs) and i really appreciate that and everyone who does rankings especially in season ones appreciates you saying that say it louder for everyone in the back of twitter
1: this is exactly why i don't do in season (laughs) rankings um uh, one, I, I'm pretty stubborn. I we I used to do in season rankings for outfielders for uh, for FanGraphs. Yes, um, every month. Um, and the only thing I looked forward to was coming up with the names and the rationale the for tiers? the years of the tiers.
0: Yes, that was the most like, fun part of when we did that.
1: Yes, like that was the that was the only part I looked forward to because one, I'm uh, I'm a pretty patient person when it comes to fantasy and players, and mm-hmm. so I don't like to move my rankings around. Um, like when I even even when I did this exercise, like I started with my my preseason ranks,
0: which is exactly what I would have done. Yeah. And I, I start from the the last ranking I did and go from there. I don't rebuild them every time.
1: Yeah. So like this is it's a difficult exercise. I'm actually surprised we don't have as many disagreements as I thought we would. Mm-hmm. I think in our top 50s, we only have one player that I didn't rank that you did.
0: That was in – yeah, well, outside was of some mistake. injuries.
1: Yeah, outside of injuries, obviously. Yeah, yeah.
0: You didn't rank them, which I always agree with because I don't rank injured guys because I just don't think there's a lot of value to it because with the injury, it clouds everything. If, if you're trying to use rankings as a trade chart or whatever, obviously if you're using it as a start chart, that's one thing. But then, of course, injured guys are off, off the map there. But if you're even trying to use it as a trade chart, I don't feel like I can accurately say, well, this injured guy who's coming back in a month – is the twenty eighth guy? Like I, 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 some people have said, you know, you're, you're copping out by doing that. Call it what you want. I'm sticking with it. I don't rank injured guys, um,
1: and I, I, I tried t- not to for the state for, for for the reason that you don't. Um, typically, if I were to do in season rankings, I would uh, rank them, but I, I figured for in order to kind of have some uh, uh, some likeness, um, yes. that I, that I wouldn't for this exercise.
0: And so the only guy that really stood out right away as, as not on your list, but on mine, but, but at the back end of mine too, so it wasn't even egregious, but let's start with John Lester. I am 47th. He didn't, he didn't clip into your top 50. Now-
1: That was a mistake. We can,
0: we can tell them who's at the 50 spot who might be taking John Lester's spot that you, uh, that you definitely did as a troll or under knife point, from Jason Collette, one of those two things you won't no, tell no, me which one.
1: I've I've been Team Cletus for a long time, uh, along with you Jason. are a match made in hell. Yes, for team Cletus. Uh, we we spent way too much time on the podcast on Sunday talking about him. Um, but uh, it yeah, great. it was it was a straight up troll job. Put Clay Buckholtz at number fifty, uh, <laughs> and it, by just because I was laughing so hard from doing it, obviously I left John Lester off my top fifty. He would probably fit in, I think, at 40. Okay. So a little bit up above me. Yeah. So I would probably move the Dylan Bundy, Tanner Ark, Tyler Skaggs. See, the hard part with the rankings, especially in season, and I mean, I do this preseason two all the time, like I can like, you know, I spent most of last night working on this and, and a little bit of the night before. And like I'm already in my head going, no man, I, I need no, to move this move guy him, up. Move yeah, him. I gotta move yes. that guy up. And by the totally end, the end of this conversation, that, yeah. I'm gonna feel completely different.
0: Well, let's start with some of the others that that you're high on. Then let's go, let's go to the, let's go to the high end uh, for Justin here and and cover these 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 six for sure that have at least a ten point difference. And one will really surprise folks. I'm be, they're gonna be so floored that you're ten spots higher on this guy than i am but let's start with alex wood uh we have actually a 26 spot difference you have him up at 22 i got him at 48 this guy has admittedly been a bit of a blind spot a tough rank for me now for a while and then i finally started to buy in last last summer and he tanked and so that does not give me any more like that i'm certainly not more confident to try to go in and and aggressively rank him again because the when i finally started to buy in the bottom fell out from under me completely with alex wood and i i see the skills i you know i try to keep him firmly in the top 50 which is in all formats you know play you're not you're not cutting him or anything like that i acknowledge the talent He's on a great team, but I can't get him in the top 25 there. And you got him 22nd. What do you like about Alex Wood?
1: You know, the hard part is when I got past 18.
0: Everyone was the same?
1: uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's – like, I feel really good about my top 16 to 18 – and then there is like a there is a blob, and um, a lot of it has to do with the injuries that we've seen uh, in the pitching uh, landscape. But um, I, I've I've always been an Alex Wood fan. I knew I would be much higher than you uh, when I did this. Like you said, the skills are all there. The biggest concern for people is you know injury and velocity, and the velocity uh, hasn't been great. Is come up a little bit in the last couple starts, but just a little bit. Um, I just love the skills. And I love the team um, in terms of what they can do. He's not walking guys at the same rates that he's done in the past. Um, it's not like he's had no. high walk rates either.
0: And he's uh, even better. Yeah, That's the thing with Wood, and I will say this about the velocity. That was obviously one of the things that fell apart last year. He really lost all those gains, and, and that's what led to Alex Wood's uh, bumpy second half. But he doesn't need the velocity to succeed. He has succeeded in the 80, 89, 91 range. Last year he happened to be working at 93, and even the secondary stuff was faster. So he was pitching like an ace, like a like a bona fide ace with sustainability. And that's that was awesome. And, and it had gone on for a while. There were mechanical changes, there were pitch type changes. So I bought in. And then he's like, ah, that velocity was stupid. I'm gonna stop doing that. And then he kind of fell back to the solid but not ace-like guy. Let me ask you this. The ground ball rate has dropped to a four-year low, 47%. And you know, the, the last two years before this, up over 50 was nice, 53% and 54% in uh, 17 and 16, respectively. Are you concerned that it has dipped below at 47% or is that close enough to where you think – it, is, is it improving back toward 50 or is he working down more in these uh, low to mid 40s uh, regularly for Alex Wood?
1: It's hard to tell because in his last start, he was over 56%. okay. But the previous three starts, he was under 40. So, um, I, you know, you almost wonder if, like, the, the injury issues he's been dealing with are kind of affecting his ability to get the ball on the ground. Um, you know, and so I, I feel like I'll, I'll feel much more comfortable if he is at, you know, a 50% ground ball rate after this next start. In terms of just for the game, um, so we'll see. I mean, this is this is a guy you're going to kind of have to take start by start and see what he's doing and kind of adjust from there. I mean, I think another
0: great point. He's maintenance, yeah, and, and that that's okay. And if you're committed to it, but uh, a lot of these certain guys – players like that.
1: A lot yep. of these guys in this area are maintenance. I mean, Gary totally Richards agree. is maintenance. Lance uh,
0: McCullers, even his maintenance, yeah. a guy like, like you always have to keep a really close eye on him for somebody who's regularly ranked in folks's top twenty-five. Yeah. So, no, no, I, I agree. I'm not saying that as a knock exclusively against Wood, but it is somebody that if you want set it and forget it guys, you can't go for for these types that are kind of bouncing up and down with their skills and on and off the DL. So, uh, that's Alex Wood. You have him twenty-two. I got him forty-eight. Our our next big jump here is actually somebody that fell outside my top fifty. But uh, just outside, and he and he makes yours at age at age thirty eight is what I almost said at slot thirty eight. It's Joe Musgrove. I got him fifty two. You got him thirty eight. So we got a fourteen point difference there. We both like him. So this is definitely not a why why you know what do you like that I don't. But I am curious your thoughts on on Joe Musgrove now that we've got a few starts under our belt. Uh, he's out there. He's healthy. He's pitching well. Um, what what do you think of Joe Musgrove's outlook the rest of the year here?
1: I mean, I think a lot of it's gonna be dependent on health and um how many innings we think we're gonna get but the fact that he's missed so much of the season you would think that that gives him a really good shot to you know actually get to the pitch. finish line yeah pitch yeah. the rest of the way um he's he looked really good and his you know uh time back he's getting lots of swings outside of the zone swing strike rate is decent um I think that, you know, and the park really works in his favor. So this is a guy that I'm really high on and hopeful for. I mean, as high as you can be on someone I've got ranked, would you say 38th? Yes. Uh, You know, um, so it's, I'm encouraged. Walk rate is great. Home run rate is great. Uh, Ground ball rate is uh, exactly 50% so far.
0: We'll take Uh, it. Let's go.
1: Yeah, like it's, he's not the guy who's going to win you your league, but, like, I feel like he, this is a guy who could pitch a 3-4, three, 3-5 three, ERA and strike That's out nice. an inning, you know? Yeah,
0: and he's at 216 ERA, 112 whip right now. We know that that ERA is going to go up um, for Joe Musgrove but one thing that that hasn't really surprised me because it's what they do is that they've kind of uh got a good fastball working for Joe Musgrove. That that's kind of Pittsburgh's thing and there was concern that he was going out to Pittsburgh with a terrible he had he had a minus 7.7 uh pitch value on his fastball last year and everyone's like, "Well, that's that's what they do with fastballs. Like what are they going to do with this trash fastball?" Well, it's at a positive 0.8 so far in, in 25 innings. And so that definitely works. They've, they've incorporated a cutter, which is, you know, uh, in in kind of the fastball family as well. And, and he's throwing that 21% of the time. And that also has a positive pitch value. So you look at those two pitches kind of together, and you're working at a 1.7 P-val between a fastball cutter situation. And, again, that doesn't surprise me. That's, that's, that's Pittsburgh's M.O., They've got the ball on the ground for him. A lot of good stuff here. They've cut into his homers. And that's why I liked the move for both. I thought getting Garrett Cole out and into Houston was going to really help him based on what they do with pitches because they get him away from the fastball a little bit more and uh, uh, accentuate his secondary stuff and i I thought that Pittsburgh could be a good learning area for Musgrove to figure out how to maximize his fastball, and so far both of those things are playing out. so I like him too. I got him at fifty two
1: one of the uh, things too though I like is the fact that like we haven't seen a dip in velocity from him moving back to a starter's role
0: correct in fact it's up
1: and and the strikeout rate is up just a tiny bit, so we haven't seen like a dip there. Like, usually we will see dips in that, you know, or when guys move into relieving roles, we see gains. And so mm-hmm. to not see those losses is really encouraging.
0: No, I completely agree. I, I like Joe Musgrove. And I think our difference in rankings here definitely speaks to the, uh, you know, kind of uh, the glob situation there. Because Also I the easily... amount of
1: guys I didn't have to rank because they were injured.
0: That's true. That certainly helped. Like we we
1: uh, lost a good five or six guys. we, we lost uh, some good men out you ranked there. tiers.
0: Well, yeah, we, we really did. Like Bueller, mm-hmm. Fulty, Strasburg. I think we actually both still ranked Folty. Well, I would have
1: had, had Bueller super high too.
0: I would have had him like uh, I, I would re rank him and put him up to zero with. I love Walker Bueller. I'm so bummed that he got hurt. That's so lame. Uh, my 38 actually uh, is is another big difference that we have here. I had Jose Quintana at 38. You got him up at 25. I could totally get behind this. Uh, Again, this is going to be more of one where I'm eager to hear your thoughts, but I'm not going to be starkly disagreeing. I I think the only thing that's had me concerned, because I'm with you on the whole patience and trying to stick with the guys who have proven track record, I'm not going to move them too wildly. But the walks are why I I eventually did start to move uh, Quintana down, and he was a a top 25 guy for me coming into the year, starting to bump him down. and And even with the walks, like I said, you're only talking 38, which is just not that far talent-wise from the top 25. But you got him top 25, Jose Quintana. He's been, uh, been better than he was to start the season, but the walks still pop up every once in a while. In fact, he only has two outings where he hasn't walked at least two. And the weirdest part for that is walks were never really part of Jose Quintana's game. In fact, limiting walks— has always been a feature for him. So, do you have any concern about this walk rate? Or, or I guess, if you do, it was muted because he still had a top 25. So, let's just say, what do you think about Jose Quintana right
1: now? I have, uh, I feel like he's pitching better as of late, which is, uh, important to me. Um, and for me, it's the curveball has looked better and the fastball has looked better as of late. He just looks sharper. Um, you know, I, I should probably check his velocity readings um, and see if, like, you know, maybe he's gained some velocity over the last couple starts. Uh, but that wouldn't surprise me. Um, let's see. Yep, he, was, he uh, averaged over ninety-two miles an hour for the first time all season in the last start. Uh, so I, I think he is starting to be more comfortable. I think he is starting to work better with his battery mates. Um, and, uh, like the team he plays for, like the defense behind him, uh, I, I, you know, I've been very patient with him, uh, and I've advised other people to be very patient with him. And I think this is the beginning of better things for Jose Quintana.
0: So you're obviously still buying, right? You're going to go out in the market and still say, Hey, let's buy. And I think...
1: And I don't think you have to pay much because it's not exactly. like he's been I think there's a discount
0: still. I, I think there is a discount. Those that still have him have definitely believed, but they now see three qualities. Uh, actually, he's an out shy of three straight quality starts. He had five and two-thirds. But they're going to see three good starts, and if they were kind of ready to move on but they wanted to see a little bit of a turnaround, now they're saying, okay, I can go out and ask for a fair price, and I think, I think you can reach an agreement with somebody on Quintana without – Overpaying, um, or the 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 person in question feeling like they're getting fleeced. So I can co- totally get behind that ranking. Um, it, I don't think it's egregious, even though I have him thirteen slots lower. Uh, a similar a, a, a similar split. In fact, the exact same split. Thirteen points right by each other. Again, my mind thirty nine. Mike Clevenger. You're twenty six. Mike Clevenger. This, again, goes to to one category sticking out for me and, and having me kind of push him down a little bit because I was also high on him. But we kept seeing that the strikeouts weren't really coming along. I think there was a couple start spike where he had the 10 at New York, which was awesome. But then he's been kind of back to solid but not great strikeout rates. In fact, that's his only time um, with 10. And he's only been above five three times this year for for Mike Clevenger. So the strikeouts are why I I had him there. I'm a little bit more firm on this one toward my ranking than yours, whereas Quintana, I'm a little bit more open to it. But talk to us about Mike Clevenger and and whether or not you see that strikeout rate coming back this year or if you're content even at a 21%, 22% mark uh, to, to have him as your top 26 guy.
1: This is kind of a hedge, and it's in a weird spot. Um, because, I mean, if I'm just looking at skills and things like that, maybe I should have them below Ross Stripling and Eduardo Rodriguez and Andrew Heaney and Tyson Ross. And even um, Corbin. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not moving them. I know
0: looking. you've been out on Corbin. We'll, we'll talk about We'll talk about I'm, su- I'm well. sure
1: we will. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just, like, I watch him pitch and I go, there, there's more coming. Um, and I, I love I love the fact that he pitches for Cleveland, um, and uh, you know so he's going to win games. Uh, the strikeouts I I feel like they're going to come every time I watch a pitch. I go, he should be getting getting more swings and misses. He should be he should be getting more strikeouts. This stuff
0: is nasty. It like is. The, it's, it's, you it's, can't it's, watch Clevenger and not be like,
1: damn. Yeah, boy, I mean, boy's got stuff. He's got a thirty one percent O swing uh, percentage. Um, I mean, the thing is he's given up more contact within the zone this year. Um, and so I, I wonder if maybe there is some sequencing issues, mm-hmm. um, that is costing him a little bit. And, and he's he obviously makes mistakes at times, but uh, he's young. He's still learning how to pitch. Um, so, I mean, I think this is kind of a hedge, you know, I, I could have easily put him another five to 10 slots lower, uh, okay. and felt okay with it. Um, but, uh, you know, he's one of those kind of call your shot guys. I just, I yeah, just I, like Clevenger.
0: I, I can understand that Clevenger at twenty six. I got him at 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 thirty nine. If here's the thing for me, if the K's turn and we start to see the 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 eight plus several starts in a row or or four out of five starts it's an automatic move up for me. Like he will, I'm, I'm open and ready to move him back up because I had him up there. I've only brought him down because Clevenger's strikeouts haven't been there. So that's, that's been something I've been keeping a close eye on. Uh, all right, let's go to the, the youngster, Jack Flaherty, who I had at 57. You got at 44. You do have the benefit of, I think two starts since I put those up, at least one, not that that changes everything, but uh, with a young guy like like Jack Flaherty, kind of every time he goes out and does well, it's like, ooh, you know, you you kind of keep adding a little little flavor to it and 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 boosting him up. And so um, yeah, you know, six in the third, one one run, three hits, six strikeouts, one walk against San Diego uh just a couple of days ago for Flaherty. And that pushes his ERA down to two ninety-six on the year with a 110 whip. Nine and a half strikeouts per nine is really nice. And the fact that he's not really walking many, 2.2, has mitigated the the damage of his 1.2 homer per nine. You know, we're talking solo shots, not a lot of damage being done with those homers. In fact, it was a homer against San Diego even. It was a solo shot. So uh, he hasn't allowed a homer uh, in just two of his of his eight starts any concerns there? And what do you think about the innings for Jack Flaherty the rest of the year? I think that's going to become the bigger question as we get into the summer. But uh, talk to us about 22-year-old ready Jack Flaherty at 44 for your, for your rankings.
1: This was a hard one too, and I, I really struggled to think about you know possible inning limits for guys, including Flaherty, versus like how do I weigh injury risk guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how much weight do I, you know, give the current as opposed to the future? Because, you know, I was really aggressive on Andrew Heaney as well, um, and like the, by you know all accounts, there's a chance that Heaney could get shut down at some point. But I think I went a little bit more with what I'm what, what I'm seeing right now, and uh, and what I'm seeing in Flaherty um, is I just love the stuff. I mean, the 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 slider. Um, and the fastball have been really good as of late. Uh I you know, he's got an eleven and a half percent swing strike rate. Uh he pitches beyond his years. Um you know, he gets uh uh Molina as a catcher, uh, which always helps a little bit. Uh, you know, he's done a great job limiting walks. Um you know, he's not gonna be a sub three ER, ERA guy, uh, obviously, but you know, there's no reason to think that we can't get another 80 plus innings from him uh, with a three three ERA strikeout I, inning I, at least. I can totally see that. So, where did you have? Where did you have him?
0: I had him 57th. I've okay. got uh, I've got him 57th. Green Arrow up though. A guy I, I think I've continued to kind of move up. I got I got him there at 57. Could easily see bumping him up again. Uh, soon. And so again, I, I think once once you really start to get past thirty five, it is tough to focus on the number. and I, I always say that in my rankings, like don't get hung up on the number. I got him as a spot start uh, for shower leagues where you, you there are there are situations where you could sit him in a ten team. first off, if only because your rotation is so strong, that a one-start Jack Flaherty could lose out because you might have picked him up off the wire at a point. Wasn't he sent down and, and starting to get cut at, at a point when Wainwright was pitching? I'm sure that Jack Flaherty has been on wires at, at a few points this year before really establishing himself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I just for me, he'd probably be in the usual start tier. Um, I just, you know, just the talent is there. And one of the things I really liked about him, like if we had done this exercise uh, – Probably last time, you know, if I if I had ranked him, you know, two three weeks ago, uh, when we when we discussed this uh, uh, a few weeks ago, um, I probably would have had him outside of my top fifty because I didn't know whether the rotation spot was locked down. Mm-hmm. But the, and that's been the tough part with yeah, with Flaherty with with the injuries that that rotation has suffered now with Wayne Wright out, with Reyes done for the season, uh, and the way that Flaherty's pitched, I think even if for some reason the the Cardinals acquired another pitcher to knock someone out of that rotation. I don't think it's Flaherty. I think it's Weaver at this point. I was going to
0: say, it would probably be Weaver, yeah. who you didn't rank, and I don't have in my top 50. So yeah. we have we have made the move and said Flaherty over Weaver. Coming into the season, Weaver was the... One of the you know kind of flavors of the month. He he was a Castillo for a lot of folks.
1: Oh, he was. Uh, Yeah, I mean,
0: if they weren't in on Castillo, they might they might have been in on we like he was a he was a popular type of guy like that. And it's weird,
1: quote unquote sleeper, like your wide awake sleepers. uh, The wide awake
0: sleeper for sure. And you and I had him forty fifth. Actually, we're both dead even. And uh, Jeff and Mike had him twenty eight and thirty eight respectively. That was one. And and listen, I'm not going to throw shade. uh, On anybody that ranked him high, because I was in love with Luis Castillo. Like that—that was my guy. That was my blind spot.
1: And I I was in love with Chris Stratton.
0: I thought it was a more defensible blind spot because of the raw skills. I did kind of wonder, you know, what was up with the hype. And I think we even talked about on the show. I say, you know, I like Luke Weaver, but this—this price tag, there
1: was no profit. Can't do it, man.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I'm paying full freight on a guy who somehow pulled a 29% K rate out of his booty with a 10% swinging strike rate. And I'm just like, that doesn't add up. Like You can get called strikes. You can can get your swinging strikes in the two-strike counts. But at some point, it just wasn't adding up. And don't get me wrong, 452 ERA, 136 whip for Weaver. I don't think he's toast. He's 24 years old. Prospect growth isn't linear. Remember it. Sing it to yourself. It's it, he's fine. Like I think he could be even a nice dynasty buy right now for Luke Weaver. But I was surprised at at kind of the blind hope for somebody like like Weaver when uh, I thought Flaherty's stuff was better. But he didn't have a spot. And again, we kind of let not having a spot really cloud us. But on some level, you can only do so much there, right? Because if they're not even in the majors, there's certain leagues where you can't hold a guy like Flaherty. So at some point. You got to have guys that are playing. So that's where we're at with Flaherty and Weaver. Definitely pro-Flaherty, while Weaver kind of proves himself a little bit more. And our last one with at least 10 spots difference, very surprising, Kyle Gibson. Now, I'm sure most folks are probably surprised that it was only 10 spots, but I got him 44th you have him thirty. It wasn't ten
1: spots when I started doing this, but it was it,
0: probably forty one spots. I had a I really 44. hard
1: time. Like I, I I pushed him down a bunch um, because I was being irrational. Um, and you know about Kyle
0: Gibson? You? No yeah. way.
1: And so the more I you know, the more and more I looked at it, the more and more I was like, okay, gotta gotta bump him down. And um uh, let's see, where did I end up with Thirty four, so I feel pretty good with that, and I feel pretty good of like the range he's in of people. You know, I feel like Kyle Gibson is like a Michael walker esque type guy. He's gonna yeah, I, he's gonna give you some really good starts, and then he's gonna give you those ones that really uh, annoy the hell out of you.
0: I think even for like the meme of it of like Paul hates Kyle Gibson, my ranking doesn't really back it up. Like it, it it's it's a fun meme.
1: Well, at some point you have to come around to talent, right?
0: Well. There's just not enough options. It has nothing to do with talent because he doesn't <laughs> really have any. And if he starts weed whacking soon, I'm gonna I'm gonna be livid. By the way, the person who made the account that is the is that <laughs>
1: one still going on. I, I didn't even check if he's still doing it.
0: I I have to check because I, I posted the picture of it. Paul Spores Landscaper on Twitter, and then the direction uh, the uh, location was Paul Spores Window. <laughs> It was and he found some picture of this goofy looking MF uh with a weed whacker. That was well done. Well done. That's actually Matt's underscore big underscore mole is the actual at for that account. But uh, that that was very funny to change to change your name to that. But Kyle Gibson
1: um way to get again, me and Paul to both follow you. Like that, was, that's the way to do it right there.
0: It was genius. It was I love how he genius.
1: deleted all of his other tweets.
0: He he committed to the bit that gets you a yes. follow, man. Mm-hmm. You're gonna commit to a bit like that. I'm in. Um, Don't mind yeah. me, just doing my job. Listen, jokes aside, uh, he's pitching well. He's got a 25% strikeout rate. Um, you know, with 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 the 10% walk rate, it's kind of canceled out by the fact that he's not allowing a lot of hits cal gibson doesn't give in as much anymore and i think that we're seeing that because his walk rate wasn't good enough to constantly give in anyway if you're gonna uh um, you know tote like a four percent walk rate but you still had a high hit rate because because you were just kind of filling up the zone that's one thing but he was at an average like eight percent while still giving up ten and a half hits per nine and it's just like what the hell are you doing now he has a very nice six point nine hits per nine rate and uh, like I said, the 25% strikeout rate, 345 ERA, 119 whip. Projections are a little bit leery, though. Um, zips and steamer and depth charts are all above four. The bats got him at 396. What, what's your ERA projection for Kyle Gibson the rest of the way? And if you say something sub two, you're fired.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to say I think it's – 3.6, 3.7-ish. Three,
0: okay, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's outlandish. Um, you know. I think it's going to be a 6.2 ERA, personally, mm-hmm. but I don't think what you're saying is outlandish.
1: No, I mean, he's uh, he's getting good swings and misses outside of the zone. Um, I, I mean, and, and I'm loving the pitch values uh, kind of uh, pr- progression this year. Um, so Se-
0: Several pitches working, too. It, exactly. It, that, that's a big thing for Gibson is that, mm-hmm. He's got a four pitch mix that he can kind of go to, and if something's not working that day, he's got something else in the bag that he can kind of uh, lean on a little bit. And his fastball is working, velo's up about a, about a mile per hour, uh, you know, ha- half to one mile per hour, so and he's he continued can work that with the changes.
1: Before. Like he made changes at the end of last year, and he's continued with them because he's made changes before and then gone back to whatever didn't work.
0: Exactly uh, the, the the whole funny thing about you know. Paul hates Kyle Gibson is that uh, I didn't used to at all. I have bought in and I've been around for the two five Oh seven ERA seasons. Like I, I I've ridden this roller coaster and that's why I didn't want to jump in this year, but I didn't know there's gonna be a 25% strikeout rate. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I've come, I've come around to it. And I was telling you that spot started him a bit in that aforementioned 10 team mixer. And, uh, and now he's back out on the wire. Somebody else cut him again. And I was like, well, now I, I think I got to get him. I think i I think I have to get them now at this point and uh and and, and see what's what by the way, I was just tabbing over the uh our pages and, and the blog it you know shows all the recent articles effectively wild episode uh twelve hundred and thirty our cast is in the jackpot <laughs> first nice. off if you don't know what that means y'all uh the actual phrase is our ass is in the jackpot mm-hmm. if you don't know what that means. You're not alone because it's a ridiculous phrase. Nobody knows what it means, what we do That's now. Awesome. It is related to the, gra- the single greatest clip in sports history. Is- that, that you can no primary. longer see. That you can no longer view. Good job, MLB. You're really killing it out there. Um, the Thor ejection from last year, he throws behind somebody, gets ejected right away. He Chase starts Utley's. losing it. Oh yeah, it's the Chase Utley thing. He starts losing it. Uh, Terry Collins goes absolutely ballistic. Tom Hallion is mic'd up so you can hear it it is awesome and I absolutely love every bit of it. So of course MLB is going out and and blocking the videos on people's Twitter. Like be a more tone deaf league for ways to connect with fans. I'm sorry but you're not going to sell me on this being being smart in any way. Uh, you can find it somewhere though. People have downloaded it. It just just look for it. I should it have and...
1: downloaded. it is what I should have done. Um, like for me, like don't get me wrong, the Terry Collins part is is, is pretty fantastic. And I also lo- I also like I love the uh, the the Thor. Like, what do you mean? I was just throwing a fastball. Yeah, yeah. Like you know. No, no,
0: no. And and Tom Hany is not having any. Of it. No, no. You're not doing that. You're not doing that tonight. No, no. I can't throw an effing fastball.
1: So <laughs> no, you fun. can't throw it two feet behind him. No. Um, but uh for me it's like I've always kind of wondered like what does an umpire actually say? Yes. Like in, in these even in these instances like apparently like our
0: ass is in the jackpot.
1: Yeah, and apparently that's it. So um it was uh uh it was short-lived but I really enjoyed it while uh, while it was around.
0: Yeah, it it was absolutely excellent. It'll keep popping up, you know. What what is it called? The Barbra Streisand effect like the more you're trying to keep something Uh, from somebody that they're going to want to see it. Let let, let me see. The Streisand effect is a phenomenon whereby an attempt to hide, remove, or censor a piece of information has the unintended consequence of publicizing the information more widely, usually facilitated by the internet. And I think that's what we could have here. It's like, why are you trying to hide this? First off? Oh, so because the guys swore, because there's some swearing in it. Like, is Terry Collins embarrassed by it? Why? He he was the one who went out and freaked out. Like we didn't know he was freaking out just because I mean, now it, we know what he's saying.
1: No, it's obviously because like like the ump is saying, like I have to do this or I'm gonna be in oh, trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's true. That's it, true. And it's this whole idea that MLB is controlling the umps and
0: he was saying, you know how I feel about uh-huh.
1: it, R S. Jackpot,
0: yeah, which is a very common phrase that everyone uses. You know exactly what that means I'm when someone says. I'm get that
1: says, tattooed on my neck.
0: <laughs> a neck tat.
1: Our asses and my asses in mm-hmm. the jackpot. Just no, just in the jackpot. In like, the jackpot, like right on my neck.
0: That that's that needs to happen. I'm 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 actually here for that. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing clip. If you haven't seen it, again, I think you can find it. You'll have to do some digging now because they're starting to pop them, but again people are going to keep putting it up um, it, it is it's the greatest two minutes but anyway tangent there sorry about that Kyle Gibson we're pretty close uh, you're still the high man on him I'm not surprised there but I can't really bug out on, on uh, a, a 34 ranking anybody else that, that were uh, uh, between five and nine spots difference that you really wanted to talk about here before we go to the ones that I'm uh, more more enthused about
1: Let's see. Uh, I mean, we could talk. I mean, do you want to talk about Corbin? I mean, I, I oh, still we, we, have that's this. That's our,
0: our biggest difference on my oh, okay. end. Oh, I was okay. looking at the rest of, of yours here in the uh, five to nine spot range. Here is one uh, I do want to talk about. Snell, you got him top ten. I,
1: I don't know how you can't.
0: I mean, I got him 16. That's how I can't.
1: I mean, um and really, I want to put him above Syndergaard, because Syndergaard is the only guy on the DL I did rank.
0: Yeah, and I, I had him there because I already had Syndergaard at eight because he wasn't hurt when I ranked mine.
1: But, I mean, like, when you get past pitcher six or seven, you know, mm-hmm. you get past the Garrett Coles, you get past, you know, wherever you've got Verla- Verlander, DeGrom, Severino, you know, uh, the the three remaining of the big the four. Um, like... Uh, like, there are warts on these guys. And so, I sure. mean, like, how long is Paxton going to be able to hold it together? Is Carlos Martinez actually healthy because he doesn't look like it? Well, um, he is
0: baby. Like, he's admitted to saying that he's kind of babying things a little bit, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to protect himself, which is not great because the results have not been all that good as a result. I uh, know. That's a terrible sentence structure how, there. But, how yeah,
1: how long until Trevor Bauer... Turns into Trevor Bauer of old, or gets suspended for doing something stupid, or hurts himself on his drone. You know <laughs> what is Zach Ranky? Um, I mean, there's there's all these questions, and really, the only question on Blake Snell is, you know, will he revert back to who he was? And I don't believe he will. And so, yeah, he's a top ten pitcher.
0: Wow, wow. Um...
1: I mean, like, like. Like, talk like, me I out of it 16th. like well then, like i i don't like it, it's track record like that's the argument against Blake Snell in my opinion and i'd it's rather it's a viable
0: track record though i mean it's a viable argument cuz you do have Paxton ahead of him you have Grinky uh, uh, or you have him ahead of those guys Paxton Grinky um Bauer i'm not going to argue cuz they're kind of in a similar situation but then uh Carrasco Carrasco you know had a little bump that freak people out now he's got two great starts in a row I've got Charlie Morton higher
1: you know he doesn't
0: have a super lengthy track record but I
1: in injury risk
0: he was really good last year I mean here's the thing for first off I have Snell higher than Morton anyway so I don't really want to vehemently try to argue Morton but with Snell it's not like he doesn't have injury risk because mm-hmm. yeah. he pitches, so you have injury risk.
1: Of course, but I mean, there's obviously so, a difference in the injury risk between a guy like Snell and a guy like, uh, I mean, Ch- Charlie Morton, a guy like Lance McCullers, a guy. like... I would make a
0: case that there might that there isn't necessarily, though. I think Jeff's work, Jeff Zimmerman's work, suggests that. It's not as large as we think, unless it's a chronic injury. If it was like the same shoulder, or the you know same elbow, or with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, the 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 lower half. If it's the same thing, if it's a chronic thing, sure. But otherwise, if it's if it's multiple multiple injuries uh, of a random nature, they aren't inherently more. Risky than a guy who maybe hasn't been injured in that same time period that said, listen, I'm not trying to cut down Snell. I just on the heels of, of, of four months. Really, I'll give him the last two months of, of last year and then two plus this year. I don't know if I could go 10 yet. I like it, though. It's bold. I think it, I think it's very bold and I, I, I respect that. But I just, you know, and I got Bumgarner. I had Bumgarner ahead of him. Now that you definitely have the benefit of seeing a couple more starts of like solid but unspectacular Bumgarner, and I'll probably bump him down. Now, I am curious on Bumgarner because you had him 19, and I actually have him something.
1: And I had a hard time even getting him to 19, personally.
0: Yeah, he's, he's actually one of our bigger differences, but again, I'll probably have him down at least 4 to 5 ranks, but we would still have a difference there. I have him 12, you got him 19, you are a Giants fan, so I am curious your your thoughts of, of watching Bumgarner. You're you're not thinking that this is some rust with these two starts that have been pretty meh. Uh, are you concerned beyond uh you know kind of getting his feet under him and going? Because you know it's twelve percent strikeout rate, maybe has some people freaked out, but it it's kind of his spring training though too. No, uh,
1: it is. Um, at the same time, I was concerned about. Uh, him coming into the season prior to the injury. Uh, people will remember that, hopefully. Um, I was uh, you know worried coming off of the, the shoulder injury the last, at the end of last year that he did not look like the same pitcher, did not have the same command within the zone. Um, I still feel like that. And if he doesn't have that, then he's not as special of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, one of the things that made him special coming, you know, prior to the uh, dirt biking incident last year uh, was the fact that you could rely on Madison Bob Gardner. And I don't believe that anymore. Um, Okay, I mean, that's
0: that's a change because, yeah, that's the one thing is he's he's the steady guy, the the set it in and forget it. Um, I'm not
1: worried about the injury that he had this year. I'm more worried about any lingering effects from the injury last year you know, the finger is whatever, like, you know, he broke his pinky. It was an unfortunate incident. He lost, uh, you know, a couple months because of it, but, uh, I'm more worried about that maybe there's some lingering long-term effects. Um, and he did get squeezed a little bit in that Miami start, uh, that I think, you know, kind of cost him, uh, uh, and really got under his skin. And he's one of those guys that, things get under his skin and it can affect him on the mound correct Um, and i believe he he uh uh, pulled a chris sale and got ejected after he was pulled like as he was walking (laughs) to the dugout Um, which i love by the way
0: i do too Uh, i do too i would uh, i would definitely have if i was a pitcher i would definitely have ejections like i'd be ejected
1: 32 times a year just After, like every time I walk off, yeah, like unless I'm you pitching know a no hitter, second
0: inning, that was trash too. F you, you're out, sport. Yeah, I was already out. You can't fight. You can't break up with me. I break up with you
1: first. Because then I don't gotta sit in the dugout with the cameras on me. Like I can yeah. just go into the clubhouse and like you know take a nap and you can just peace out. Yeah, whatever. Like there's no like you know it just you know unless I'm pitching a complete game. Yeah, I'd be getting tossed too as soon as you know Bruce Bochy came and got me.
0: Yeah, just gotta talk trash trash immediately so no listen I, I get some trepidation with bumgarner right now it's definitely not something i would move on um because i'm not selling low off of off of two sure. cards. but um i i a re-rank right now would have him down a few spots i wouldn't overreact i think i would probably have him like 16 17 area and i've got him 12 right now but let's go let's go to the top end of of, of my differences with you and it is corbin first 11 spot difference I've got him 18 you've got him 29 here's the thing for me with Corbin the reason I I, I kind of remain steadfast in in where I'm ranking him is that we keep talking about this velocity drop and yet there's no skills drop with it he continues to perform well Um, you know Virtually every start except for a, a couple hiccups. I think it was an inning or two against uh, the Reds that, you know, he ended up giving up six in six, but struck out 10 and walked one. Like, I, I'm not too worried about that. And then his most recent start wasn't uh, wasn't anything you're writing home about, five and a third, six hits, five runs, four of them earned, three walks and five strikeouts against Pittsburgh. But, I mean, those two starts are two of his three where Corbin's allowed 4 plus runs. Everything else has been 3 or fewer. And and so I don't know. I'm still seeing a lot of success here, a lot of strikeouts. How much should I really be worried about the Velo if he's going to continue to pile up the Ks and 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 limit damage. He's got a 3.10 ERA and a 99 whip. So, I'm still pretty geeked on Corbin, but you seem a little bit more concerned based on on some of the stuff you're saying that maybe you weren't even going to put him as high as you did.
1: Uh, this is I probably struggled with Corbin more than any other pitcher because and it's probably the the uh, the pitcher I get the most heat for outside of uh, Chris Stratton which people just like to troll me over um, uh, who's been great in the month of June by the way uh, but I am concerned not just with the velocity um, the slider doesn't look the same. It just doesn't have the same bite that it did earlier in the season. Um, The pitch values are down. It looks more like a league average slider, which is not good. Um, No,
0: I mean, it was it was the driving force and and leaning into that slider has been a huge, huge factor for Corbin. uh, And there are a bunch of minuses in these recent outings, not not egregious, you know, uh, minus pitch values, but. Just as an example, in in his first five starts for Corbin, uh, f- three of them, the slider, had a 2.5 pitch value or higher uh, in a single game, which is really nice. Now, over his last five, four of them are negatives, and the one positive is a .6. So the fastball has actually been, been carrying the load. So despite the velo drop, his fastball has then been... You know, kind kind of getting the job done results wise. So it's it's been an interesting season for Corbin, and I didn't have a ton of love coming in for him. Uh, he was a, a you know a trendy sleeper for some folks. I know our boy Bogman um, from from ITL was in on him for sure, and I wasn't I, you know I, I wasn't against him, but I wasn't scooping him anywhere or anything like that. It's it was it was not quite gibson uh, Gibsony, but it was a situation where. I kind of I've done the Corbin thing. And so I was I was playing the wait and see game. I had him down at 67. Yeah, I'm at 83 though. So you hate Patrick Corbin? With I always a have like intensity. Yes, I uh, always
1: have and I mean those people like if you bought Patrick Corbin considering where he was going, you've already won. Like, correct. you know, I'll take the L on Patrick Corbin, you know, because he's already been better than I thought he could be this year. And, though, I mean, I don't know what people saw in him at the end of last year that made them think that he could be a top 40, top 30 starter. Um, but, like you said, there were people who believed and maybe saw something that I didn't. I just think that, like, if you haven't jumped off the train by now, like, get your value while you can. Like, he, people still consider him a top you know 30 guy right now i have him ranked inside my top 30 for some reason like go get that value
0: patrick corbin in a 12 team mix non-keeper patrick corbin for juan soto juan soto okay michael brantley
1: oh god it's like two guys i've hated forever (laughs) um Oh, this to is like,
0: enter only yeah, one can leave
1: yeah this is like choosing between two abusive parents uh, <laughs> oh my god uh i'm gonna take brantley oh, okay that hurts
0: that would i mean it's tough because of his health i don't really i don't really question brantley's skills uh it's really more of a health situation for well, me
1: See, that's what i wonder too about corbin is something like like where it, why is this velocity dropped so fast um you know, and at first I was like, okay, well, you know, there were a couple games where he wasn't throwing the slider as much, and I was like, okay, this is an injury issue. But, you know, I mean, the last three games he's 40% of the time, 32% of the time, 51% of the time. So, yeah, like, he's not afraid to throw it, so maybe it's not an injury issue, but I just I, I don't know. what Like, there's something going on with him, and I can't figure it out.
0: No, and and it is perplexing because we're not seeing the results fall off commensurate with the velo drop. Like I said, a a couple bumpy starts, but nothing that says, like, wow, Corbin's broken. Uh, Here's one that might surprise you as a comparison, but this guy's been so good that I wonder if you'd go Patrick Corbin or Eduardo Escobar, who's made Miami – like Miami fans – or Miami fans, Minnesota fans, you're 29-35. You can't be like, well, we lost Jorge Polanco because Eduardo Escobar has been – Every bit as good and better than your best-case scenario for Jorge Polanco could have been, and he's been fantastic. Would you take Polanco? Uh, would you take Escobar's 291, 32 runs, 12 homers, 41 ribbies, and a steal, or Patrick Corbin?
1: That's a really good question. I think I'm taking Corbin because I don't know what the playing time situation rest of the way is going to be for Escobar. Oh,
0: oh he'll play. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Like When you're like, batting like you get this—
1: moved. And then, like, you think,
0: you think he gets moved for some well, help elsewhere?
1: Well, because Minnesota sucks, and they're not going to be in it at the deadline.
0: Oh no, no, no! I don't think that's true. I think that they're going to still be hanging around. They're gonna, they're going to be one of those teams that people believe they should sell, but they're close enough in the second wild card that they're not going to sell. I don't, I don't, I don't, don't see. The,
1: the, they're five games out. The Indians still haven't put it together. Uh, I don't think they'll be. I mean, I don't think they'll be in it by the time we get to the deadline. I'm it, not
0: sure they will be either. I don't think that they – I mean, they're five out of the division because Cleveland's been terrible. It's, it hasn't been a good division. Um,
1: but they're either they, they, farther out of the wild card.
0: They are. They are. They are. So it is – yeah, I, I shouldn't say that the wild card will keep them in it. It is the division that will keep them. If they don't fall too much further, um, let alone cut into that lead – there's no, there's no chance they sell. I mean, they they got to be thinking if we get healthy, you know, Irv comes back soon-ish. I know his um, his rehab wasn't going well, but if they can get a Barrios, Gibson, Romero, you know, Oderizy, Irv, and Santana, and it's I think Lynn keeps showing flashes. What well, why it looks wait,
1: better as of late?
0: Why does this team suck so bad? Then? They don't have any offense outside of Escobar and Rosario because I'm I'm they, looking they up and down. they strike like, That's,
1: out way too much.
0: It's not a terrible rotation, especially, like you said, Lynn starting to show some things. Rodney hasn't been uh, the nightmare that we always project every year for him to be. Um, I feel like if they added a a bullpen piece or two, they they could be be right in there. They
1: just re-signed Matt Belisle. Gross. I mean, that's how bad. Their bullpen is atrocious.
0: Well, maybe that's what it is. But anyway, I think Escamore will keep playing. I don't know exactly who I would— pick there that one that one is a tough one i i stumped myself on that one but uh it it is definitely a needs-based thing but in a a vacuum where you're just picking the best player i think i'm still going to lean corbin um because i like what he's been doing so let's move on from corbin next one now this one i what is it the uh the will Ferrell line i think it's from zoolander I i am i feel like i'm taking crazy pills here i got dylan bundy 30th you got him 40th Eno had him 80th because uh, the projections really didn't like him, and so he was like, I, I had to bump him down with these terrible projections. Like, I don't consider myself a Bundy guy. I do like him. I, I'm not no, trying Jason's to Jason's myself Bundy guy. Yeah, that J- it's Jason's guy. And so I keep looking at these rankings that everyone else keeps putting out, and they're way lower than me. I'm like, I'm sticking with it, because he just continues to do well. But I am curious, and, and again, our 30 and 40 is not... That drastic. I have Mike Fultonevich. Uh, I, I know he's hurt right now. I have him right behind him. I got them at forty. That that's in that range where thirty to forty is just not that big of a difference in terms of overall talent. But I, I am staking a claim to, to Bundy over those guys. Um, and you got him at forty. What do you think of Bundy rest of the way? Because uh, you know he just went into Boston and stood really tall, which uh, I think surprised a lot of folks who probably had him on on their bench.
1: It's so hard because I want Bundy to be successful and I want him to be good. And there are times where I watch him and I'm like, oh, man, this is the guy that, you know, was taken in the first round, fourth pick overall. um, And everybody thought was going to turn into this super stud. And then you watch him pitch against a lefty and you go, God, this guy is garbage.
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean, like so many false starts so far for Bundy like uh you know he he, he really surged through the minors had that little brief appearance he was like big time prospect coming through and and everyone was super excited then injuries set in then coming into last year it was like well they can't send him down again what the hell are they gonna do with with Dylan Bundy and he you know he started to show some things and say okay I, I've got this I'm gonna be a starter and then this year he's been uh, a lot more good than bad. And, and your ranking does reflect that. Again, 40. This is almost, um, and he's not here to defend himself, and it's it's more of putting Eno on trial for, for 80. That really shocked me. It's because, look at the projections, though. Steamer's got a 461, 130. The most aggressive one, the most positive one, is Zips at 427, 125. It always comes back to the homers, because even in this year for Bundy, this this quality year of a 366-120 with a 27% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate, 1.7 homers, Justin. What the hell? And I understand that that's the trepidation, but 80 felt like a, a, a bridge too far. And I, I know you hate Eno, so go ahead and tear into his ranking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to laugh there, or else people are going to take it seriously. No, no, I, I actually hate, you know. No, I'm just, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'm trying not to laugh, because I'll, I'll start coughing up a storm. So, uh, I mean, I I don't know how you think get to 79 starters better than <laughs> uh, than Dylan Bundy, especially considering, I mean, he's, you know, striking out. Uh, you know, 27% of the batters he faces, 366 ERA. Yes, there are huge warts. He His home run, home run rate is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and like I said, he is just god-awful against lefties. He, lefties are hitting 290, 363, 468 against him this year. Um, And it, it's really, really bad at home against oh. lefties. Uh, you know, lefties at Homer in three twenty six, four oh two, four sixty five. Um so you know, it, he is the guy that I thought he was coming into the season. He's going to be excellent at times, and then there are gonna be times where you're gonna be cursing yourself for starting him. And sure. the frustrating part is figuring that out. You know there well, were...
0: And he had that that absolute nightmare uh-huh. uh in K C
1: and that and then followed it up with a gem that uh, nobody. Three brilliant thought.
0: starts, right? I mean, I'm sure everyone had him on their bench that time, and I think he's been pretty good since. But immediately after, and that's, you know, I've been trying to talk about this on the pod and on Twitter and saying like, listen, guys, I know we want to analyze everything and 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 really focus on being detailed and and adjusting our teams, but not every start is actionable. That said, you know a, a zero out, seven earned run is going to freak people out, and I, I bet it. Like you're saying, a lot of people missed the next start, which was seven shutout. You cannot get more wildly different than not getting an out against KC and giving up seven runs on four homers, to then seven shutout innings the next time out. Like that is absolutely wild. I think that's more impressive than Johnny Vandermeer's back to back no hitters. <laughs> Because it's so wild. And then, you know, he was solid in Boston right after that. Four runs and six innings. I'll take that in Boston. It was three three homers there. Then he goes nine with 14 strikeouts uh, at the White Sox. Three runs. Uh, baseline quality start against Washington. 11 hits. So he was dodging some of those raindrops. But then 15 shutout innings uh, over his last two starts, including eight shutout against Boston. So Bundy's been all over the map. He's got three, four, five multi-homer games, though. So even with – that almost encourages me a little bit because even with the big home run issue, at least it's contained. If it was like one to two homers every single game, I think that would have me more concerned. That said, the volatility is what has people freaked out, I think, with Bundy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean you're just waiting for that awful start. He's been great since that Kansas City start – 200, Correct two hundred nine ERA. Um, since then, but like you said, like it's either the walks or it's the homers, and unfortunately for the, in the Kansas City game, it was both, uh, and that's <laughs> no that's,
0: outs, a, dude.
1: Yeah, um, well, and it was great because I can't remember who was facing in Tout Wars, but he had him.
0: <laughs> Suck it, whoever you were.
1: I think it was Doctor Rodell or whatever his name is. Um, but like, like you. A, you know, complete tangent into tout wars, but like, that's why like people are like, well, why'd you do that stupid pitcher, you know, pitcher heavy strategy? Like, that's why he like that got him like negative two or three points or something like that, oh, that yeah. awful start where he didn't get an out, gave up seven earned runs. Uh, it
0: had, it had to have cost him it so cost huge. Him,
1: like negative four points or something like that. It, it just was like ridiculous. Tanks. It did nothing. Like We're absent. holding our own in
0: that league, by the way. You're yeah, fourth. You've got the most
1: points scored in the league, I think, don't you? Uh, or either the most points scored or most points scored against you. One of the two. I, I, it might have
0: been most against because, yeah, I think,
1: think Sealy has the most most scored.
0: He does, and I think my point differential is is very close. So I'm lucky to even be over 500 if you do my my Pythag there. But uh, I, I like my crew. I think my crew's still I still think doing. You and
1: I are going to be in this for the long haul so i think so too
0: i think so too and it sh- should be a lot of fun but but uh, anyway don't need to get too far on that tangent there bundy again continues to be an interesting one because i again i i, I believe in my ranking it's not me trying to cop out it just surprises me because the people that i've seen be more pro bundy in different ranking spots and enos was the one that really stood out and you, you saw me ask him about it on our text chain of like how'd you get him 80 and he really he really said it was Mostly the projections, and Eno's always been good at you know really looking at the projections and incorporating those into his rankings. That's a big part for him, and I fully respect it.
1: And I'm you not and I aren't, uh, Yeah, we're, we we don't us rely are. on projections in the same in the same way that maybe Eno does. It's still
0: that's what makes it fun though. Two different ways to kind of to, to to play the game. He must and, really and, hate and zips, zips or things. something
1: because like he must be going by <laughs> steamer. The uh, well, he does, it is steamer. Okay, definitely. so yeah, yeah. Then, then I mean that makes sense because steamer's got him at like a four sixty one ERA. I um, uh, just I don't. I mean, I could see it. Like, like it's it's definitely possible. But I think uh, he's probably closer to. A I think mix there was between this year and last year, so like a four flat ERA. Yeah,
0: I think so- something like like that. Maybe plan for you know upper threes, low fours. All right, we had a little technical difficulty there while I was talking about Bundy and his home run rate. The point I was saying was you know, that uh, he had a three-start run there, that there was some speculation that it could have been injury that he was playing through by, by the Baltimore broadcast. Uh, they were talking about, I think it was uh, Thorne and, and Jim Palmer with those three terrible starts. That's doing a lot of work to that bottom line with the home run rate, so maybe he's not a huge home run issue. I'll continue to stand by Bundy, and if anyone's trying to trade him on the heels of the big start in Boston – hit me up because I think he's a really good pitcher. And uh, despite being in a tough division, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk on. All right, let's talk about a couple more here and finish up. Um, very egregious of you to put Justin Verlander at six. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have him too. You have him six. I'm not really concerned on that. Uh, I, I want to talk about somebody that we don't have a lot of difference on. You you briefly mentioned his name. I'm curious just your thoughts the rest of the way, though, on Ross Stripling because uh, we both have him in our top 30. Uh, he's been awesome. Are we getting drunk on a small sample? Or, you know, obviously obviously, I, we both think we're buying into something real because that's where we put him. But what do you think about Ross Stripling the uh, the, the rest of the way? He's been, a, he's been a godsend for the Dodgers as they deal with uh, rotation issues. And he's got a 165 ERA, 105 whip, 30% strikeout and just 5% walks. Ross Stripling, what's the deal, yo?
1: Have you seen – uh? The pitching ninjas overlay.
0: Oh, I have not
1: uh, of him. Um, it is disgust. Like it is one person throwing two pitchers or throwing two pitches.
0: It, it's with the uh, it's, the difference between his fastball and curveball, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I gotta find this.
1: Like the mechanics are identical. Um,
0: pitching ninja it's, Ross Stripling. Sorry, I, I'm yeah, listening. It,
1: it's absolutely disgusting. This is not the same pitcher we've seen in previous years. Um, This is the version... This is exactly what I was talking about when I was talking about Snell. And what it is, is at some point you've got to just go, this is legitimate, I believe in these changes, and this is who he is, and the only thing we're holding against him is track record. Mm -hmm. And And, I'd be a hypocrite not to say that Ross Stripling is a top 30 pitcher right now.
0: And and the thing of it is, um, okay, this is bugging out. And when technology doesn't work, I am irrationally angry about it. So,
1: is Kyle Gibson your internet guy?
0: Clearly clearly he he runs google fiber and i'm very angry with with him right now anyway i already know what it looks like because it's it's going to show the tunneling and that's 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 why he's been so good and despite only having and i say only kind of in quotes because an 11% swing strike rate is 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 fine but it's not elite it's not something that you would normally expect to generate a 30% strikeout rate but he also has he gets a lot of chases and the difference between those two pitches, he's throwing his curveball a lot harder. And so trying to read the, the difference between the two is extremely difficult. And um, and I think that he has kind of a hybrid breaker similar to Kluber, where it 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 breaks out his two different pitches, but I think he would I think he might say that it's just his breaking ball stripling, uh, like a fast version, a slow version. I, I don't know. It might be too completely distinct pitches according to him but I think it might be one of those just hybrid beast breakers and he's been absolutely nuts I agree that it's a different pitcher I have a hard time not buying into like a I think a 350 the rest of the way is kind of the the regressed uh, ERA that I would that I would plan for with with the potential to be even better like I don't think he has to go to that level either obviously he's not going to keep a 165 but if Stripling was more of a three ERA guy the rest of the year, I also wouldn't – I wouldn't be the least bit surprised by that because when you watch a pitch, you see how it works, and it it shouldn't surprise you once you sit down and see a couple of uh, Stripling starts.
1: And the Dodgers need him.
0: Oh, God, they do, especially with the fractured – with the microfractured uh, rib for Bueller, And, of course, Kershaw already on the shelf, and the aforementioned Wood, you know – He's he's been an injury concern at times, too. Maeda just came back. They're always kind of shuffling. Sometimes with pitching, their ass is in the jackpot, you know?
1: Yeah, completely. (laughs)
0: Uh, Let's see here. Anybody else that we really really need to dive into that we haven't really discussed yet? I don't see anybody that uh, is standing out. First off, uh, there's no more... Large real um, differences between me, me and you. Where I'm on the high end. The, the only other one that's close to a double digit is Kyle Hendricks, uh, and I'm actually higher, which is disgusting. I don't ever want to be higher. But I got him 37th. You got him 46th. Uh, I, I, maybe I was just trying to avoid the the Cubs trolls for a minute. And I, I, whatever, I'm fine with that. Again, that's that's in that range where it's just not different enough for me to be like, we have this sharp difference because let me see who do i have at 46 at my 46 is tyler skaggs arietta lester keichel keichel's going to move down though by the way waka yeah i mean i could easily like there that's the same tier by the way that's my usually start tier and again i don't get bugged out on the number i really focus on the tier if you have kyle hendricks you're starting him virtually everywhere if you see like a Coors or a really difficult offense that you don't like on the road or something in a 10 or 12 team, or you could sit them. But for the most part, even if you don't fully believe in them, if you have them on your team, you have to blame or else don't have them on your team. Yeah. I recommend just not having them on your team. Exactly. That's my approach. I don't have them on any teams, but if you do, you can't waste them. Oh, I finally found the, uh, the stripling thing, the way that that, that breaker dies. That's insane.
1: For me, it's the looking, just watching him and his mechanics during the overlay. It does not separate into two videos until the ball is released to the very end. Exactly. So try picking up what pitch is coming at you until that ball is in the dirt.
0: And and you wonder how some guys take these these flailing swings at some breakers. You're like, what what are you doing there? It's because they they were thinking fastball. They sold out for it and then they look like idiots uh yeah. you know uh, realizing that it was a curveball. I so,
1: I unretweeted it just so I could retweet it again for people I, if they want to go find it.
0: That's a great idea. I also did the same thing and I see that you tagged me. So thank you very much. Uh all right Justin, I think that's going to wrap us up. You need to get some rest. You need to get healthy and um I need to just go. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait for the weed whacker guy to come because I know he's going to come and and ruin my day at some point. Oh, that's thought, right.
1: This is Thursday, so usually Thursday. he's he'll here by here now. Soon.
0: Yeah, he'll be here. He's, he's coming around soon. I think it's usually I think it's usually when we have to go a little bit later on Thursdays. Cause yeah, he'll be coming around soon. Um, I don't usually stream during the afternoons anyway. But if if I did, it would never be Thursday afternoon because that a hole would be right outside the window while I'm trying to stream. And you would just hear weed-whacking noise. But, um,
1: you should invite him in one time just to be on the podcast.
0: That would be so funny. Be like, we'll we'll sit down and interview he
1: him. Be be like, like, hey, you have hey, to hey. just call him Kyle the entire Kyle. time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> My, name's My name Jeff. is Rick. Yeah.
0: Shut up, Kyle. Um, why do you come around every time I start podcasting? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Why do you keep podcasting on Thursday afternoons? We come at the same time every week. I, I think you're kind of the idiot here, aren't you? Touche, Kyle. Get the hell out of my apartment. And that's how that would go. Uh, anyway, um, I don't think we're gonna post. We could post your rankings if you want. But you were just doing it so we had, so you could say, hey, I disagree with you here because I actually have somebody here. And that's, that's what I say, if you got real beef with the rankings, if that's fine. Like, let's talk them in it the over.
1: Show notes or something like that for people so they can look Ooh, at yeah, it on the site. Um, I don't actually want to write anything. So no, no, no. That,
0: that, that, I, I can do that. I can do that. Put Kyle Gibson at number
1: four. I'm already writing like, you know, four to five roto write ups a week and over five times a week over at Fantasy Alarm. And no, no, no.
0: I need you to write it up uh, with notes yeah. on, on. A thousand
1: words on each player,
0: right? Uh, no, just 20. You just have to write up 25 of them. You have to write notes oh, okay. on half the list. Okay. That's it. Just real quick just whip it up before you uh produce before it the- <laughs> Yes, before you get some sleep. All right, man, I'll let you go. Um I'm not sure what the weekend schedule looks like with uh with everybody I but, know uh,
1: me and Jason are going to take this Sunday off cuz it's Father's Day. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. And you guys are both fathers. Um, It'll be Nick yeah. and I. You guys uh, aren't
1: fathers. We're we're
0: alone of? losers. Yeah, not yeah. that we know of. And so we'll be podcasting Sunday evening, so that'll be the next Oh, and I'll have a solo dolo tomorrow. Uh, doing the call your shot. So if you wanna, if you wanna hit me with some hot takes, and then check we got out
1: a guest episode next week.
0: We do have a guest episode. Do you want to give away who it is, or or hold that?
1: Um, I'm- you. we can we can give it away this time I'm pretty sure Jake is gonna
0: Jake MF and Sealy boys which would be great
1: because I'm playing him this week in Tot Wars so no matter what happens somebody's gonna be talking a lot of shit to the other person
0: exactly and it's two epic trash talkers neither of you are gonna back down and be like oh you know no it's gonna be straight heat so that will be perfect we will have him on next week so solo tomorrow fireside on Sunday Jake next week It'll be awesome. Justin, feel better. We'll talk later. Boom. advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league. Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL,